this is funny because most pe- people aren't going to get this yet, but put your trash in the bin so Jamie can use it to wipe his face. Listen to our Q and A episode next week. On my mouth. Twitter to our, listen to our Twitter Q and A episode next week to hear the full story. That's a teaser, a teaser trailer. There you go. Two board apes talking NFTs, DeFi, and some random stuff. <laughs> Two board apes talking NFTs, DeFi, and some random stuff. <laughs> Welcome to episode 57 of Two Board Apes. I'm your host, Jamie. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Zeneca. We're doing a Twitter Q&A episode. You want to just hop into it or do you want to do some chit-chat? We can just hop straight into it. we got about nine questions to get through. Uh, okay, about Q&A, nine. I'll say. Yeah. About nine. About um, nine, exactly nine. The first question comes from TDF. TDF says, why do you think the storytelling NFTs narrative is trending right now? And what storytelling NFT projects do you know of that have the most potential? I wasn't super aware that storytelling NFTs is trending right now. I've seen more projects kind of pop. I think like starting with Goblins, they were sort of, they were very narrative driven. And we'd seen a few examples before then, but I don't know, I guess in recent times, I don't see too many storytelling nfts myself but i'm pretty disconnected what about you um i feel like i saw that phrase on twitter a lot lately much after the goblin stuff um Mm. it seemed to me to be approximately um at the same time as renga started taking off but i have been not Mm. a part of that community and i don't know about it so i don't know if it's related or not but from my casual um coming across the, the term and the hashtag on Twitter, it seemed to be um, sort of coinciding with that. So it could be related to that. Sense. I don't really know. I um, think it probably is. But as far as like why it's popular or something, um, I, I don't really know. It could just be that the sort of blueprint copy cutter attempt to be um, doing the same thing as apes later on um is just not that exciting anymore especially when there's already a thousand other projects doing it so people are kind of oh you know what's um another project that that might be related is um the jenkins project yeah that's the one that comes to mind i think it's um, and, and they just have the sort of very negative reveal of the azure azure or something um yeah i'm not sure if again that's related but the idea that you know, if you want to have a successful project, like a lot of this NFT stuff that's not the pure art um, or the utility is ultimately sort of an intellectual property play. And so in that sense, obviously, storytelling is going to be super important, maybe the most important mm. thing. Um, so it sort of makes sense in that way, in that way. Yeah, it kind of seems like most of the bigger projects, they've got storytelling as part of their whole thing. Yugo is telling a story. Doodles, obviously telling a story. Cool Cats has their own thing. Azuki, also telling a story. Like that, There is the, the projects that is like, we're trying to build a brand. It's really, it's like trying to build out the IP and that includes a story. Uh, Forgotten Runes is another great example. Blitmap, they're also doing story stuff. Jenkins is probably the best example of a storytelling project. And It's like straightforward, like... Yeah. We have the format already. It's going to be a book, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Comics, whereas, that's another one that we're seeing more of, like more projects are having comics come out. Right, right. Um, 
Ghosts being a prominent example, and mm. obviously Punk's comics being a, a pr- prominent example. But there's there's sort of many others that have there's at least lot, dabbled no. in it. Yeah, the Ghost comic is actually really good. I, re- I read it, issue one. Like Punk's comic, I got like eight of them, and I couldn't make it through like twenty five percent of issue one. I was like, this yeah, is just a bad I tried comic. reading issue one, and it was not entertaining at all to to me. Yeah, but Ghost is great. So excited for more good comic content. It sort of makes sense to me that that would be better um, because Punk's comic was sort of, it just sort of seemed like a weird game theory NFT project, whereas Ghost Mm -hmm. really was an artistic thing with sort of a theoretical lore behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. So it it was sort of a creative pursuit that, that had a singular vision and then, you know, you could... Also, he had an animation background, I believe. Um, mm. I think he worked for one of the big companies um, in, in the animation industry. So it sort of mm. made sense that he had that background. Um, whereas Punk's comic was just sort of, <laughs> we're just doing Very all random. this NFT stuff. Yeah. And part of it happens to be these comics. So we so we technically need a downloadable yeah. PDF comic book to go with it. But ultimately within the nft universe of it like it just it doesn't even matter what the contents of that pdf <laughs> was yeah yeah um yeah i don't have anything else to say on storytelling nfts you jamie's taking a massive sip of some beverage this is a uh peach mango green tea um Oh, that sounds delicious. No, I wish we knew the origin better of this hashtag, but I definitely have seen it a lot yeah. lately. And again, to my casual understanding um, of the timeline, it's, it seemed to approximately go with the the big Renga stuff. Do, mm. do, how much do you know about Renga? Surely more than me, but... Yeah, I've been following them for like eight months. I got... Uh, yeah, I it's also a weird thing where it's... Thing. They've been around for yeah. a while, but they only got popular recently, which is like feels very rare for that to actually happen in NFTs. It feels like everything so, kind of. Go ahead. Yeah, they had like the the original NFTs, the Art of Seasons, which was like an art drop, and it effectively from then that they airdropped all those holders, these black boxes, which then revealed in the PFPs. So like the PFPs themselves have only been around for a few weeks now. And that's why it's taking off. But before that, it was like an art project that they rewarded the holders of. And I think we've seen a few cases like that. But it really just had this core, strong community that has existed for ages. I really fumbled my bag a bit. I had like 80 of them and then uh, sold most well before the 5 ETH floor or whatever it is now. But can't complain too much. Yeah. I saw the the Art of Seasons NFTs. Um, mm a lot more recently on NFT fine. I was like, I don't even really know what this is. Um, mm. So that's kind of nice to know where, where that came from. Yeah. Uh, next question. The Axe says, when bull? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Jamie, when is the bull market coming back? Please tell us. Um, we don't do financial advice on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we know that. Um, nobody knows, right? That's the simple answer. Um it's it's very difficult to know. I'll say if we just kind of want to step back and look at what did happen, um, the bull market happened because, or as far as I can tell, the bull market happened because capital was looking for something new and interesting, and NFTs mm. were that. But the 
amount of NFTs that were released and um, the amount of people that were interested in it was, it just didn't add up. There was too many NFTs mm. and not enough people really interested in it, even though there was a lot of money going into it at the time. Um, and mm. so now we're in a situation where in a lot of, so, you know, NFTs were sort of a laughing stock, right? People thought it was ridiculous. You can right-click, save them, mm. blah, blah, blah. And then they got some legitimacy as, you know, various projects caught on even to a degree of mainstream acceptance. Um but but now we're sort of back in that trough where people are sort of laughing of at us. I don't mm. know if you saw the the clip from the Daily Show recently. No. Um, so Trevor Noah basically made a joke about him um, because you know there's some headline about how um, marketplace volume was down 97 percent from the yeah. peak or something like that. Sort of funny. Um, on that note, is that his joke in it was he said something to the effect of who could have foreseen that spending fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars on a picture of an ape would be a bad financial investment when and as he's making the joke, the floor is one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So like it was still a great decision if you had yeah. um, just sort of a funny That's little funny. side note. But um, so I think there's a lot of people that have, you know, sort of had their negative um ideas confirmed or, you know, were kind of curious and got burned, you know, that kind of thing. So, so Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we're set up for a bull market to happen anytime soon. I think what's going to have to happen is that there's going to have to be, you know, again, like I said, the thing that sort of ignited it was that people were looking for something interesting and new. There's going to have to be sort of interesting and new stuff happening, I think, in NFTs. And for a lot of the less interesting and new stuff to kind of just get washed away mm-hmm. um, before it'll be time for capital to start flooding back in. Now, ultimately, sort of the the good thing to me, um, you know, if you're interested in, in NFTs getting price appreciation, is that the pool of global assets is absolutely enormous and NFTs are microscopic. So you only need, you know, one ten thousandth of all the capital um, that gets made from selling a little bit of equities or whatever to find its way Mm -hmm. to NFTs for things to really get crazy. Um, And another thing that we've talked about before is that the way that they are not fungible, um, you only need to sell a little bit for prices to really go crazy mm. because people can, people can set their own prices, you know, and mm. and just not sell. Whereas with more fungible assets, you know, you need consistent buying activity to really push prices up a lot. Whereas in NFTs, you know, you can sweep four piece four pieces off of a floor and the price can triple or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, if if the sellers are just not there, so I don't think the bulls anytime soon, but. Ultimately, there there's going to be one in some corner of NFTs at some point, um, and it and it doesn't take a lot of interest and capital for that to happen when you sort of look at a global scale. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all of that. I I think we're sort of it's unlikely to be like a massive bull run anytime soon. I'd be happy if we just sort of trend sideways for the next 18 months. Like to me, that's a pretty good result because we could go a lot lower still. Like macro yeah. is awful and there's, there's a lot that could go wrong. And if that happens, I'm like, all right, that that's a pretty good result at the end of it. And I think we'll start to see maybe 
we probably won't, I don't think we'll ever see, like the next bull run is going to look nothing like the previous one. And we'll never see this whole entire space wide mass flurry of prices going up. Yeah. It'll probably be more segregated in individual pockets. And we, we already started to see that a bit, but say a generative art might explode and then, you know, apes and punks and PFEs will have absolutely not very little effect. Maybe not nothing, but a, a lesser correlated effect. And yeah. Yeah, there, think, there, yeah, for a while in the last bull, it just it very much was a thing where NFTs were sort of a, an asset class all their own. Um, and it does seem like in the future there will be more room for them to not trade in lockstep with each other and for people to um, sort of have the opportunity to sort of just be more discerning. You know, for a while, mm. a- as you well remember last year, every new project, it was sort of worth getting into because people were just excited about the next new thing. Mm. They were excited about NFTs and there weren't that many options yet. So every new thing was another potential big new thing. Um, And as we go forward, I think, you know, there'll be good opportunities for people to, you know, value and accept and desire NFTs for their own sake. Whereas, so much of it last year was for financial speculation. Mm. Um, and so that will allow prices to sort of be um, kind of reasonable across the board in, in a more realistic way. Mm. And and then, you know, organic actual demand will be able to drive prices up. Yeah. A lot, a lot healthier, basically. The market is maturing. Yeah. 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 And one more thing is that, you know, the concept of blue chips was thrown around a mm. lot last year and, and still gets thrown around. But it was it seemed like almost a laughing stock to in, in a lot of ways, because, you know, when you when you think about what people have referred to as blue chips in the stock market, you're mm. talking about companies that have existed for a century um, mm. and, you know, were sort of consistent or whatever for at least 25 years or so, or something, you know, yeah. roughly yeah. equal to that. Um, and the oldest NFTs were six years old or whatever. And yeah. people were using the term blue chip for things that were two, two and a six half months. months old. Yeah. Not even, not even. <laughs> um, and so I think as we get to that place where we're talking about it sort of being more healthy and the prices being more in line with the actual organic demand, I think we'll probably get a better idea of, um, what truly is more blue chip um, mm-hmm. rather than just kind of using that as a term for everything with a 5F or higher floor. Yeah. Excuse me. Like it sort of was last year. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. When bull, hopefully soon, but probably not. Next question comes from Dav. Dav says, what are you most excited about in pushing the NFT space behind? I think they mean beyond. Beyond. But- Beyond the current hype cycle. Hmm. I've always been excited by sort of the intersection of NFTs and just our everyday lives, like the real world. And I think that we're probably like a few ways off seeing that really uh, eventuate because the infrastructure needs to get better. But I anticipate a day when we just have an app on our phone similar to like Apple Pay or Google Pay or whatever. And then you go to a shop and instead of using a credit card, you just 
pay with ETH or USDC or some other currency on some other chain where the, the transaction fees are extremely low. Everyone kind of wins and, and you know, you can, yeah, it, it just sort of is interwoven into our lives. And NFTs specifically, like that's more of a crypto thing, but NFTs specifically come into play with things like tickets to events or loyalty reward cards or subscription services will maybe be NFTs. So then, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff that can happen when sort of the infrastructure and the tech is abstracted away. So it's just like seamless as part of our lives. Yeah. One sort of um, specific example of that that I think is very interesting is that Fly Fish Club membership mm. that um, Gary V started. So it's basically the idea is that they want to open a very high-end sushi restaurant in New York City that doesn't, I, I guess my understanding is, doesn't really do regular seatings. You have to mm. be a part of the club to get in. And to do, and the membership is via NFTs. So they basically mm. raise the money for the restaurant via NFT sales, and the the seating will be some sort of a you know once per week per NFT or something to that effect. Mm. I don't really know the specifics of how it's it's going to go down. Um, holders of the NFT, and I think that's sort of a good example of the potential mm. for for NFTs to basically just sort of allow new formats for businesses and memberships and um, fundraising. Um, and I think, you know, once we get to, so as far as like what NFTs are good at and what NFTs are potentially good at, I feel like mm. there's very little of the first and there's, um, yeah, a ton of the latter. So, like to me, the best current use case um, is generative art. It's just it's a perfect mm. overlap. We have this digitally native format that has this element of randomization to it um, that just works perfectly with NFTs, and and it's a form of art that wasn't able to gain sort of the appreciation that mm -hmm. probably it deserved before them, and so it's just worked really well for that, and then. You know, to be honest, it also did work really well with these ape-esque membership clubs um, mm. with the profile picture being sort of the main point of it. It's just that um, the amount of people that were into it was just so much less than the amount of them people tried to sell to those people. And so now we just have a bunch of people that own a hundred of these things or whatever um, without really new buyers and without actual communities having coalesced around most of the projects. Um, so I think, you know, that's sort of two instances where it's worked well yeah. um, in, in terms of the actual things that the NFTs allow technologically. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, going forward, we're, it's, there's going to be more of that that we can't really um, predict necessarily exactly what they'll be, but, but, I'm excited to see more of that. Future is, it's going to be crazy. AI is another thing that is going to, we'll probably see some funky use cases in intersect, intersecting AI and NFTs. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, a whole other thing. All of that stuff is, is very crazy. Looking at the, mm. the text outputs of all of that stuff and, and the, um, 
I'm trying to think of the word for images. I'm, <laughs> I came to audio output, visual output, Video? I guess. Visual, yeah. Yeah, uh, is really amazing. <laughs> um, don't, don't laugh at me. <laughs> um, it'll be sort of interesting to see that, potentially very scary, I would say, in some ways, just because yeah. it's so powerful and is ex- sort of accelerating so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's sort of impossible to foresee the the sort of far off ramifications of it yeah yeah the ability um, to discern reality from from non-reality yeah. for instance it, it seems like it could be quite difficult but i think that sort of brings it back to i think blockchain technology will help us like so someone can digitally sign sort of a video like a politician puts out a video and like all right i actually said this and then there's a right. thousand deep fakes basically of them saying whatever so i think it will really have a great use case for blockchain technology to verify true uh content effectively yeah that's a yeah. that's a good point cuz that's the whole right. point right is that we're finding a yeah. trustless way to verify stuff yeah yeah and it's it's, it's going to happen uh, Crypto Trader says, "What's one project currently under zero point one ETH that you're bu- that that you're bullish about and think will do well when the market rebounds? Take us to riches. Is there anything that comes to mind for you? Um, I would say not specifically, no. But I yeah. do think that in general, if you if you're looking for things that are that cheap that you want to do well." I think FX hash is probably the best place mm. to be looking because, you know, once a week or once or twice a month, they're having some project that people love that, you know, ends up being a big multiple of the mint price. Again, and also a mint price that is generally 0.1 or much less mm. um, F, even though, you know, it's it's in mm-hmm. Tez, but equivalency yeah. in U.S. dollars. Um and so there's just a ton of actual options in in that price range there. And again, it's also a thing, you know, we have a lot of people in the NFT space that talk about sort of execution risk, right? When you're when you're mm. doing these NFT projects where you're promising this, you're promising that, um, there's just a lot of potential for the money to get raised and then the the market to sort of not appreciate the NFTs, the team to not do what they say they're going to do or the team to do mm. it and the market still doesn't care. Whereas when you're looking at something as simple as just art, the mm. the market is much more simple. Um, yeah. And it's sort of, um, you know, the, the way it's sort of networked and, and internet-y versus traditional art allows for... Um, price discovery theoretically to happen much quicker. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, you don't have to necessarily worry about, you know, oh, the price has gone up because people are excited about this thing that's coming in six months and then it's Mm. disappointing. You know, like that Jenkins, the valet thing that we were talking about earlier where, you know, the market just hated the way that these things looked. And so all of a sudden you have to worry about that. If you're looking at at an art project on FX Hash, it it is what it is, and you're seeing it right away. Um, mm-hmm. And so, if you like it, and the market likes it, you're fine. And nothing in the future is really going to change that. Mm-hmm. 
So that that's a place where there's a lot of projects right now and going forward will be a lot more projects um, in that price range that definitely have the potential to do well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think FX hash is the place to go if you have like limited uh, funds. And in terms of like things under 0.1 ETH, I honestly have like I haven't checked the price of a ton of projects, but there probably are some like really legit projects that have dropped below that point. You know, maybe they're a one ETH floor before and now they've gone down 90, 95%. But you know, if they had a good team that sort of raised funding during the bull market, converted the ETH to USDC and or USD. And Boy, that's like such a big something. thing, huh? Because I, I yeah. mean this has happened to me a couple times now where I've had good successes. The first time, basically, I put a lot of it into Ohm and that did terribly. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, when I when I sold the Ape, I kept it in F and that's done bad, not terribly. But it it does seem if like... Only. Yeah, if if you just put this stuff into stable coins, you'd be somewhat... Or stable coins that actually kept their value. Because we've also seen stable <laughs> coins that have completely imploded. Yeah. But Ooh. yeah, there, there's a lot to be said for... Um, you know, raising money and then making sure that that money. Now, obviously, we could be in sort of an alternate universe where F had a bull and it would have you right. know, been stupid yeah. to do it. But in the reality that we're in, that that's a very helpful thing. Yeah, especially when you have to add on, you know, the taxes that you have to pay on the raise yep. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Crypto Trader had a second part to his, uh, their question. Also, what are your thoughts about the future of commemorative NFTs for all manner of events and historic occasions? I feel it is a massive use case for NFTs. I, th- I think kind of that that's they're, they're talking about like a POAP when a big event happens. Yes. So the, f- the first thing that comes to mind is the merge. Oh crap! I didn't get my merge POAP. <laughs> but uh, during that live stream, they were like, "We're giving a POAP to commemorate the the merge." And you know, if you want it, the, these are the instructions and. Yeah, I haven't thought too much about it. I I think it's a cool use case. It is nice to be able to be like, I was here, proof of attendance. You know, yeah. I attended this event. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it is a big use case. What do you think? I, I definitely do as well. Um, now, you have an iPhone or an Android? iPhone. Um, and ha- so, how often does it just? I don't because I, I don't. I have an Android, but it very regularly will just kind of go, you know, a year ago you did this right. and show you photos and stuff like that. I can definitely foresee a comparable thing that is um, just sort of keeping track of your life in a way and, and mm. helping remind you of, of experiences you've had with these types of commemorative NFTs. Mm-hmm. For instance, last season, last season, last year slash season. <laughs> It'll make sense in one second. Um, I went to a lot of the Celtics games last year uh-huh. and I had never really, be, I had been to maybe two or three in my whole life. But last season I went to a bunch of them Royce the laughing at me for that. Um, and it does seem like, you know, you know what I've year talked, was that Jamie, that season? <laughs> it's It went over the course of two different years, I believe. Uh-huh. It might have actually only been t- 2021. I don't want to get into it right. No, no, no. I think it's two years. It was a little bit of 2020. When did the season end? Hang on a second. <laughs> I, I it doesn't have matter. Asked. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is, and, and I have talked about this before, possibly you have as well, that these big um, 
fandoms from all these sports mm. teams are sort of a great market for this sort of thing. Um, and we've definitely seen a bunch of them dabbling in it. And I, and I mm-hmm. could definitely see them doing it more. You know, people like to sort of um, save their ticket stubs and stuff like that for, for um, events that they go to. And that's all fine mm-hmm. and good. But, you know, in the same way we've talked about where it's so much in some ways, preferable to collect art in NFT format versus mm-hmm. in, um, you know, print format because it's just, you only have so much wall space. You only have so much storage space. It's nice to have these things that you don't have to worry about where they are and where to put them and where to display them when it's a digital thing and you have sort of infinite space. Um, yeah. Let alone like storage. Uh, making sure that the quality stays the same. Like I the quality degradation kid, for whatever reason, if I saw a movie, I'd like, I'd keep the, the movie ticket for like, and then I would look at it in my wallet and it was just like the, the ink would fade. And it was just plain white. And I was like, well, I guess I'm getting rid of this. And yeah. Yeah. This is an uninteresting aside, <laughs> but we have some. Um, it's what we do. It's what we yeah. do. We have measuring spoons and <laughs> pretty exciting stuff, right? But uh, the, we have we have some metal ones and some plastic ones. This is taking longer than I was thinking it was going to take. But the plastic ones, the the writing on them is like all but gone, and so I can't tell the difference between the one <laughs> teaspoon and the half tablespoon one because there's literally no writing on it. So I have to compare you them just and double go- the size. Like what? Well, but I you you should be able to hold up <laughs> one measuring spoon and know what it is. I have to right, look at the right. two of them next to each other and go, okay, the big one is the half tablespoon, the smaller one is the one teaspoon, which is pretty annoying. And then if one of them is dirty, you're you're just fucked. You'll never know what yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. So that's anyway. a little bit of the random stuff from the uh, theme song. The intro. Yeah. What were we talking about? Commemorative <laughs> NFTs. We right, the answer right, is right. yes. We think that there there's a good use case for them. Right, right. Um yeah, no, but I would genuinely it would be cool for me, you know, this also kind of links in with Top Shot and NFTs, but it would be cool for me to have some NFTs official NFTs from either the NBA mm-hmm. or the Boston Celtics about some of these games I went to because I can't remember exactly how many it was mm-hmm. and I can't remember you know the coolest moments of any of them mm-hmm. but it would be nice for them to to help me uh, yeah. remember that I I envision a world where you go to like a, a sporting event in real life or maybe even you just watch it at home uh, live or something probably more impactful if it's in real life and then if but you're at the event so yeah, yeah both works and then if you're at the event, uh, you just get airdropped the NFT. You don't even 100%. have to do anything. 100%. And then it's just like, all right, this is a, a ticket stub. You're here. Um, we'll update the metadata and be like, all right, this is the highlight of the thing. And then you go back and oh, the future sure. is awesome. For sure, yeah. I don't even like sport and the future is awesome. <laughs> and yeah. then, of course, they can use all of that stuff going forward in some sort of way to, you know, mm-hmm. We're going to give out one free ticket to everybody, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Just whatever. Yep. You know, the, yep. the possibilities are really Endless. huge. All right, let's uh, head on to the next question. Desi1105 says, where would you tell someone to start when it comes to NFT art that has only focused on profile pictures, gaming, etc., and never owned a piece of art in their life? So daunting to get started, it seems. Yeah, that's um, an interesting question. I guess they would have to look at a bunch of art and see what appeals mm-hmm. to them, right? Um, it's generally, I think yeah. Th- they're going to have to have some sort of 
I would think, predefined price range that they're comfortable swimming in, um, starting there, and then sort of see, you know, it, it's so vast. Um, but it, it's also unclear from the question if this person even likes art. I mean, I'm assuming that they mm. are open to the idea <laughs> of art if, if – <laughs> Uh, you know, the person asking this question is sort of yeah. wondering about them getting into it. But I mean, if if it's for the sake of the art, you got to look at the art and find the art that you like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, having a price range in mind is a great way to begin. And then just going to foundation, going to super rare, and just start scrolling. Oh, you know what? Uh, something that I, th- I think is really helpful and useful, and I've heard a lot of other people say the same is, like you start going down the rabbit hole, you find a piece of art that you like, you find an artist that you're like, oh, I like this artist's work. You can sort of like usually find their Twitter account from there or you can see who they follow. And like, I really enjoy seeing like, all right, who do who do my favorite artists also follow? And that's a really good way to sort of go down rabbit holes. And, uh, you know, it can be very overwhelming because there's just an infinite amount of stuff out there. But if you sort of have, you, you can ne- like focus in a little bit on like, a specific pathway and then and then just you know either buy something or uh make it like a short list a wish list put it on your watch whatever and, and just be like you know sit on it for a while and maybe one day you go through and you spend an hour or two and you get five or ten pieces and then revisit that next week and be like oh i don't actually like that one so much that one really like that one keeps coming back to me i like that i'd like to see that again and again it's like all right maybe that one is worth buying yeah, I mean, I would think that a good idea would probably be to just start very inexpensive and sort of try to collect a lot that's sort of way behold, way behold, below your threshold of, mm-hmm. of what you're comfortable spending. And then, you know, as you explore more of it, sort of like you're talking about, you can kind of see the things that you go, ooh, I would really like to get one of those later, but right now I don't necessarily feel comfortable spending that much on it. And then you can mm-hmm. kind of maybe wait for market pullbacks or wait it to see if you have some sort of financial success anywhere in life that allows you to feel comfortable yeah. spending that, that kind of thing. Um, but, but you know, again, to, to go for... Um, so here, here's the other thing about this question. It seems like the person that Desi is talking about is somebody that has been into NFTs, mm. right? They were into the profile picture stuff. They were into the gaming stuff, but not into the art of it necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. So we're sort of coming from an NFT native place, but but not an art native place. Um, and there is something nice about it to to, you know, sort of what we were talking about earlier with the execution risk execution risk um, and stuff like that for art NFTs, you don't really have to do research for art Mm -hmm. NFTs in the way that you sort of do for other stuff where you go, what is the roadmap and are the founders scammers and all of this stuff? It's just, (laughs) it's a piece of art. It's it's, in so many Mm -hmm. ways, it's so much simpler. Um, And so in that sense, you know, even though the space is very vast and there's a lot to choose from, um, you can kind of comb through it much quicker than you yeah. necessarily could an equivalent amount of NFTs um, in, in the other stuff like profile mm. pictures and gaming and stuff like that. Gaming is like you got to read white papers and think about the you got you got to play the demos. It's it's yeah, very it's yeah very very different than just collecting art. And yeah. again, you know, as far as product market fit is concerned, gaming is so theoretical. You know, we had. Axie and Zed that 
seemed like they were successful for a while, but it doesn't seem like the tokenomics um, and and the organic demand has been able to sustain. Um, and, you know, we've had, again, the success of the Profile Picture Project, but just too much of it to where, and, you know, I've talked about this a lot, in theory, any given person really only needs one profile picture NFT mm. and one uh, you know, profile picture NFT community to be a part of. Whereas the art stuff, people who collect art, you don't just collect one piece of art, you collect lots yeah. of art. And so the way that, and again, um, I'm just, sorry, my brain keeps firing, but um, what is the one word that we talk about with art so much that, that um, helps determine if something is valuable or not? The uh, chain of ownership. Provenance. The provenance. That's, again, another example where the product market fit of NFTs is really, really good. Mm. Um, So I I feel like that is a good space to be looking in NFTs. And and the market, I feel like, has shown that over time, that the pure art stuff is, um, is able to sustain in a way that a lot of the other stuff isn't. Because, you know... Just as a for instance, the the fourth greatest artist in the world or most renowned artist is still super valuable. People still love it, and it's going to be their favorite for a lot of things. Whereas these sort of profile picture communities, the sort of networked and community nature of it means that if we only have this many people that are in the mm. space, right? There's just there's only room for there to really coalesce value and community mm-hmm. and um sustained organic interest in so many of them in a way that it doesn't really apply to artists where the 28th most popular crypto artist can still get a lot of eyeballs and a lot of money Mm -hmm. and a lot of interest in their art in a way that the 28th best profile picture project just can't with the current amount of people interested in NFTs. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree with all of that. Art is great. Really it is. Collecting art is great. Um, And NFTs are a perfect way to do it really. I like that this person is asking this question because it shows that they're interested in collecting art and that's always nice to see. Um, I'm going to skip the next question. It's, it's a meme question and then jump to the one after that. It's it's the meme of I'm once again asking for your attention. Uh, we had that person always ask us, I'm once again asking you to talk about uh, PAC, which I, they stopped asking when PAC everything went. Yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of people talking bad about PAC recently yeah. on Twitter. It's, it is funny where projects that sort of a lot of the community goes, ooh, this seems a little suspicious, but the, yeah. the bag holders are very confident in. And then like seven months later, when they start hating it too, then it's like all negative. And the other yeah. people are like, yeah, that's what I, I was talking know. about. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, God. We we yeah. we were bad. We don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, it hasn't done that bad. Yeah, it's still doing okay. It's still relative. Doing it's doing. I mean, from the peak, so bad. But over the yeah. last six months or whatever, kind of pretty nicely yeah. flat. But if only we got in then instead of then. Right, right, right. Whatever. Uh, all right. Brett says thoughts on nouns, DAO, and extensions. Nounlets, NAS, little nouns, etc. I don't know what NAS are. G N A R S. I'm a big fan of. NounsDAO, I think it's a cool concept. It's a really interesting use case of NFTs. I like the auction method. I have a few little nouns. I think that's cool as well. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, what do you think? I think it's potentially interesting. I think that they have not um, 
you know, like like we talked about maybe two questions ago, this situation where the potential for NFTs is a lot greater than we've seen mm. um, actually happen. I feel like within nouns that that is also true, where they've raised this money and they talk about how they're going to use it for all these sort of global public goods and stuff like that. Mm. But I haven't actually seen that much come out of it. Um, not not that you know they've failed or whatever, but I feel like the potential for for them is a lot sort of greater than what they've accomplished so far. So far, it looks yeah. sort of just like a a sort of playground and club for rich people in NFTs um, that yeah. maybe th- think very highly of themselves and and sort of look down on a lot of these non-CCO projects or whatever. Um, but but what have they actually accomplished in terms of these? espoused goals of doing things mm. in the real world with all of this money that they're raising in the DAO. I'm not so sure. I think they've done a few things, but not like they've got 30,000 ETH in the, in the treasury. So they did right. tremendous stuff, but yeah. And they get like 50 to a hundred ETH. And a they've day. built a playground or something. Yeah. Which is cool. I think they've like, they get going it's to cool, but you don't, you don't need not like $22 yeah. million plus yeah. an, you know, an extra $70,000 a day for your new noun or whatever to make yeah. one playground. Yeah. Uh, excited to see what they do in the future. Cool concept. Yeah. And and what's-his-face is making the actual glasses. That's that's kind of a fun thing. The the noun's glasses, the nuggles. Who's what's-his-face? I, I can't remember the name. It's I think it's sort of um, an Italian-type name, but but he's actually sort of working with glasses designers. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm surprised you haven't seen it on Twitter. Um, but... Yeah, they're they're manufacturing these red, big chunky square That's glasses cool. and sort of trying to, to make it a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll ask the last question. <laughs> Artemis says, "How does Jamie really feel about pre- predicting the QQL mint price perfectly and Roy getting credit? Uh, was that, is that what happened? I thought I predicted it, and then and you- that is what happened. <laughs> what you're joking happened did not happen. Um." Genuinely, I didn't feel great about it, but it's 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 on the on the list of you know things that upset me about the world. It's like number one hundred and seventy, so it's not really that bad. Mm. It is funny, actually. It's it's almost more funny than it is actually upsetting. Um, That's good. Uh, you know what though? I felt pretty great about predicting it. Bang on. Um, that was crazy. Yeah. It's too it's too bad there was no way for me to actually like you know financially benefit right. from from yeah, making such a great prediction yeah. in what is in some ways a financial market but whatever uh it was fun to nail it and i did see a lot as we were i think we already talked about this but as it was getting closer and closer there was a lot of people predict- predicting you know appreciably lower prices for it um mm. and then for it to yeah, end up coming myself in. exactly well yeah but I saw even you said like ten and a half. I saw a lot of people going. It's not even going to reach ten. It, it might be yeah. four or five. Um, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many they're up to. Let's let's take a look at that in terms of how many have been minted. I think there's been just under a hundred minted. Yeah, I saw that as of a few minted. days ago. I was wondering if it's yeah. more than that by now. I think it's going to be a slow. Yeah, I do too. That that, that was one of the things that I was most worried about. Um, yeah. Looks like 104 have been minted so far. Mm, I would like okay. to play with that algorithm some more. Oh, it's great. It's just great. It is. Have you done any since we chatted? 
No, but I just keep seeing outputs like everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that looks great. Oh, that, I haven't seen one like that. That looks amazing. It's fun. So, someone did the alphabet. They did A through Z. I, don't I know, saw that. that. I saw yeah, that. That was cool. I've seen some like ones with like there's faces and like little characters. Pop- it's literally yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people are trying to do that sort of emergent phenomenon where you're sort of mm-hmm. seeing um, animals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the one that Cosmo did was pretty cool. He called it the Maltese Falcon, I believe. Uh, um, I don't think I saw that, that one. That one looked pretty cool. Um, yeah. That's our last question, though, huh? That's our last question. Uh, should we play What Am I Thinking? Should we wrap it up? I have to go in five minutes, but that's enough time to... Yeah, we can game. probably bang out a quick one. Last time we got it in two. I thought maybe we'd get it in one, but... All right. All right, I got a word. Uh, I got a word. Three, two, one. Lint. Nail clipper. Lint and nail clipper. Mm. Lint and nail clipper. Okay, I got a word. Sure. Three, two, one. Cleanliness. Cleanliness Mm. and utensil. Oh, I got a good word, I think. Cleanliness and utensil. Uh, Sure. This, this, by the way, reminds me of a funny (laughs) Jamie and Roy story that we can talk about in a minute. Three, two, one. Napkin. Lufa mm. and napkin. Okay. Boy, cleanliness would be a great word to say right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess yeah, I got a word. I got, here. I got one. Yeah. Three, two, one. Towel. Soap, Soap and oh, okay. towel. Okay. We got Three, this. two, one. Shower. Shower. Nice. 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 Um, the story? story was when I when I wiped my mouth with trash. It came up. Kayla <laughs> was laughing at me the other day. It came up. I don't remember yeah. how, but. It was. We were walking down the street. Uh, no, Jamie see, has Roy, just. Roy's going to tell it in a biased way. That makes no, 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 no. I'll be as as unbiased. We we had just went to a, a bakery and Jamie got some nice cake pastry thing. And a he, slice he, of cake. I didn't get a cake. Slice. I got a slice Not, of yeah, cake. It's a small thing. I'm um, in a box. Ate it. Threw it away. Had like something on his mouth. Looks around. Doesn't have anything. There's a garbage can nearby. He's like, oh, I'm and just pulls out. I don't know what it was. A napkin. A piece of paper. Like wipes his mouth. It was. Now here's what happened. Let, now let's be clear though. <laughs> this was a, tra- a a bin as you might call it in Australia or mm-hmm. like the UK. I would call it a trash can. It was a little bit overflowing, and on the top of it. Clearly, somebody had gotten way too many napkins at a restaurant. I, I love defending myself for wiping my mouth in the trash, but here we go. And they had a, you know, what must have been seven napkins in a row, completely unused, right on the top of it. So I took one of these. I did not remember perfect, it like that. Well, yeah, you weren't the one grabbing it and wiping your mouth with it. You were the one the just one mocking me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's a funny story. The Seinfeld episode t- where George gets the eclair above the, the rim. Yes, yes, that, that is very much what <laughs> it reminded me of. To refuse is still refuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, refuse, refuge, refuse, What's, refuse. All right. Um, uh, this has been hit the like button, oh, thumbs up, subscribe. subscribe. Appreciate all it. that good stuff. Leave a review, a rating. Follow us on Twitter. Donate blood. Don't litter. Be a good human. Right. Right. Yep, yep. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Two board apes talking NFTs. DeFi and some random stuff. (laughs) Two board apes talking NFTs. DeFi.
into random stuff. 